I can give God all my brokenness, and in return, He gives me grace and peace and everlasting life. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today on the show is Testimony Thursday. And today we have a testimony, another CBN testimony, of a man who basically got into the wrong crowd and got put in prison, and then God met him there. It seems like a lot of people get met by God in prison, and it's such a powerful place. You know, a lot of us are afraid to go there, afraid of the people who go there, think they're not, you know, regular normal people. But when I have gone into the prison um, to minister, it's just like... They're people just like we are, and they're only one choice away from being where we are. Like they made the wrong choice and ended up where they are. And a lot of times we have made wrong choices, and by the grace of God, we're not where they are. And so they're just like us. Everyone needs the grace of God, everyone needs to repent and believe. And it's a great story. Here it is. I was sent to a maximum security prison, which housed about 1,100 convicts. I was, at the time, just 17. On November 16, 1989, in Miami, Florida, Matt Kern faced a 60-year prison sentence. Even though he was a teenager, he was housed with career convicts, most more than twice his age. Violence ruled the prison yard. I was a 17-year-old kid that was trying to survive. So my reaction to that environment was to become as violent or more violent than they were. Until seventh grade, Matt had been a model student in school. Then, something happened. He started hanging around with a bad crowd. He thought they were having more fun. It started with going to classes late, hanging out in the halls a little too long, uh, you know, then eventually it leads to skipping school altogether, and then drinking and smoking cigarettes, and, you know, it's a slippery slope. Soon, they wanted bigger thrills and began stealing cars. We just used to break into the vehicles, and then just we'd have them for the rest of the weekend. Drive them Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'd ditch them somewhere. Then one weekend, one of his friends decided to bring a gun. Instead of stealing a car, they were going to carjack one. We didn't think that the gun would be used. It was just, you know, for a threat. You show someone a gun, you expect that they would get away from their vehicle, and you would just take their car. It was the first time we had done anything like this. Late that night, a teenage boy stopped on a dark, quiet roadway. He thought he was going to help some guys with a broken down car. The friend that I was with pulled the gun on him. And this other guy who stopped was a young kid as well, and he refused to give up his car and came towards my friend who had the gun. At that point, my friend shot him. The victim of the robbery, he died on the scene. From the gunshot wound. Before the victim died, he gave a description to the police. And one month later, they were arrested and charged with murder. If you're involved with somebody who you're involved in a felony and somebody gets killed, everyone involved in a felony gets charged with the murder. So all of us were charged and realized then it was serious. Matt was sentenced to 60 years and was sent to a maximum security prison. 
For four years, Matt lived in this jungle of violence, fighting at every turn to protect himself. So if I thought there was a problem, I would strike out. I would stab somebody, I would pipe somebody, I would hit somebody, just to try to make a reputation for myself. Then after one fight, Matt had beaten the other inmates so severely, he went into a coma. Matt wound up in solitary confinement. But for the first time, he felt guilty. He started reading a Bible that his father had given him years before. I didn't know what to do with that guilt. I wanted to address it somehow. I wanted to get rid of it. And I picked up the Bible that my dad sent me and just started reading it. And the guilt didn't completely go away, but I felt like I was addressing it somehow, that this is what I needed to do. Matt spent a year in solitary confinement reading his Bible. He says that's when he became a new man. I could feel like a fire within me. It was a change from my perspective of my surroundings uh, and my world. I realized God had touched my heart. And I understood from scripture what that meant. And I knew that from that day on I was changed. That I was still a sinner. I still had done a lot of things bad. I was still in prison. But I knew I was on the path of getting my life together, of committing my life to Christ, and trying to live a life that was going to glorify Him. The simplicity of it just amazed me. You know, I didn't get this as a kid, and I'm reading this, and it's like, I can give God all of my brokenness and my sin, and in return, He gives me grace and peace and everlasting life. When he returned to the regular prison population from solitary confinement, Matt faced all the enemies he had made over the years. I'm saying to everyone, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to react violently. I'm not going to be that person I was. And I received a lot of threats. But God was faithful in protecting me. Matt reconnected with his family and wrote them about the changes God had made in his life. His father had been working on a campaign to get his son released from prison. They put together a clemency packet and submitted it to the clemency board, which is the Florida cabinet and the governor. And just before Governor Lawton Child passed away, uh, he granted me a clemency. After 10 years behind bars, Matt was released. Years later, he shared his story at a meeting where he met Connie. As I got to know him, I was very surprised at how humble and articulate and um, genuine he was. I think I had pre a preconceived notion that you know, ex-convicts were thugs and, you know, they were like, yo, Adrian, you know, not educated. And I just had a, a misperception of that. Matt and Connie married and now have four children. None of us deserve, you know, what God's grace is to us. And I think just seeing what God has done in his life and continues to do, and that's amazing to me. It was almost too simple. And I'm reading these passages, these quotes from Jesus, that just are, you know, you, you, if you believe in me and you confess my name, you will have everlasting life. And it's just, it's so simple a statement, yet so powerful. That was a CBN clip with Matt Kern, and you can find that on YouTube if you search under Matt Kern, Coming Face to Face with God, 
cbn.com. And again, you can find out more information about CBN at their website, cbn.com. I hope you have a wonderful day today, and I will see you again tomorrow for Fun Friday. God bless.